Welcome to the War Memorial Opera House in San Francisco, and it's Saturday, January 29th in 2011. And welcome to the opening night of San Francisco Ballet's 78th repertory season, and to the opening program of the season, which is the Ballet Giselle. And of course, tonight is just the opening of everything. Uh, for those of you who are perhaps new to this audience, the Meet the Artist interviews that we are conducting this evening are produced by the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. I'm Mary Wood for the CDC, CDE, and um, it's my pleasure to let you know that these programs are recorded for podcasting at a future date and for listening on the San Francisco Ballet's website. So I hope you will go to sfballet.org and review an interview or a program that you enjoyed, catch one that you missed, and you'll find lots of other information there about upcoming programming and all of the things going on during our season. Um, it's my pleasure to now introduce or present our guest for this opening program, San Francisco Ballet's artistic director and principal choreographer, Helgi Thomason. Thank you, Helgi. Thank you. Thank you. It's a special treat to uh, have you with us for this opening of the season, opening of the first program. And um, of course, there's more that we want to talk about than we could possibly fit into this half hour. Of course, I'm going to leave a little bit of time toward the end of our half hour for you to ask your questions so you can begin thinking of them. Um, of course, we want to talk about this evening's ballet, Giselle. We want to talk about some perhaps highlights of the season coming up. And one of probably the highlights that we are all looking forward to, which is the ballet Capella coming up down the season. So we'll see if we can fit most of that in. I thought maybe um, to just start with the, the overview, the big picture. What do you see coming forward this season? Let's leapfrog over Giselle. Okay. And okay. we can, <laughs> um, of course, we're going to talk about Capella, but any other special things that we're going to look forward to coming up this season? Well, first of all, there are both, uh, there are new works by Yuri Pasakov. Mm -hmm. There's a new work by myself. Uh, there is a work that we are acquiring from Wayne McGregor called mm -hmm. Chroma, which I'm very excited about. It's uh, a contemporary work. Um, of course, we have Coppelia, which is sort of um, very special to my heart because it was created for Patricia McBride and myself, my Balanchine. Um, let's see, what else? There, is, there are so many things. There is uh, Winter Dreams, for yes. instance. I'm interested in Winter Dreams and how that came to be incorporated into the repertoire. Do you want to say just a, well, uh, a sentence or two? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a ballet that I had, of course, seen in, in London. Uh, and uh, it, it's a beautiful story. Uh, it's, it challenges our dancers to approach it in more as a, as a storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, 
and all the, the human emotions that go into that story, uh, which is another very important part of a dancer's career to experience that, just as Giselle is. I mean, there's a storytelling about love and betrayal, and, and uh, so it's, it's something that I tried to mix up with, between the very contemporary works, uh, works that are what I call pure dancing, so, um, and the choreographer of Winter Dreams is um, Macmillan. Macmillan, mm -hmm. and we have few works by Macmillan in our rep that I can think of. Uh, we nothing right now mm -hmm. other than, mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. upcoming. Yeah. One of the interesting things about a new season, of course, is um, the ever-shifting landscape of the company itself, and we have a few new dancers. We'll be seeing one of these new dancers this evening. Yes, um, yes. But can you tell us about uh, this new dancer and some um, of the others? Artem is uh, a Russian dancer. He's from the Bolshoi. Um, he came to my attention. He had danced in, uh, in Holland for a couple mm -hmm. of seasons, mm -hmm. and then he went back to, uh, to Moscow. Um, I was looking for... Um, a tall male dancers that, that I needed. Sometimes it's hard to find tall male dancers. Um, so sometimes your, your choices are dictated by certain mm -hmm. requirements that you need. And um, so he's here dancing uh, with us this season. And uh, we're Our, happy uh, about yeah. that. Our other new male dancer is equally tall. I noticed That's and true. the yeah. curtain calls at the gala, <laughs> the two of them stood. Yeah, both six foot two. Man. So, <laughs> well, uh, and, when a and tall... Vito is Italian. He came to me from Rome. Mm -hmm. um, he had been dancing in Rome with uh, Carlo Frazzi's company. So um, he was recommended to come here to dance with us. So. And we have some tall ballerinas who, on point, need a six-foot-two mm, partner. Yes, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why I sometimes mm -hmm. have to look for mm -hmm. tall male dancers. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know this is a, always a hard question to answer, but um, there are promotions that are always kind of fun to watch. And three dancers have now achieved soloist status. That's correct, yeah. And um, inevitably, the question comes to you, um, so I'll just jump right in with it. Um, when does a dancer get promoted? How oh, boy. Uh... He warned me he hated answering well, this it's, question. It's <laughs> Obviously, when they deserve it and have, have, have worked for it. And um, it, they have shown me a, a, a side that, um, or a passion about dancing that uh, uh, has come through. Uh, there are not only myself that puts them in, into ballet, but choreographers who come here and people who stage work to come here have chosen those dancers. And... Um, you start to see a pattern, and um, so for me, I do have a large, as you know, uh, category of principals yes. and, and, and soloists. So there are times it has to do with the budget also. You know, what what can I afford to do in this mm -hmm. case? Because mm -hmm. um, I have to answer to a budget like everybody else. So, but uh, that's, you know. They are talented. They are, have uh, shown me that they are perfectly capable of taking on um, the responsibility mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. of, 
holding on to oh. a, uh, that position and coming through with, with their dancing and their uh, being able to dance those roles on a, for me a, on a certain level that I consider, uh, let's say, a soloist category or principal category. With that comes um, more pressure. Um, and uh, so it, it's a combination of many things that go into my decision to make, uh, promote people. And just in case you're curious, we're talking about uh, Courtney Elizabeth, yes. Isaac Hernandez, and Danielle. Danielle da Davison. Yeah. So, and you'll see all of them, I think, tonight in featured roles. Um, let's jump to the um, hotly anticipated Capelia. Um, I guess just why Capelia? Why now? Uh, good question. Um, why now? First of all, um, it was only New York City Ballet that performed Capella, this version that Balanchine <laughs> had created with, uh, uh, in collaboration with Alessandra Danilova. Um, and to uh, reproduce that, uh, that production would have been uh, quite expensive. A beautiful costume, elaborate costume done by Ruben Teratunian at that time. Um, and since we could, not, we could not, let's say, rent them, those costumes from New York City Ballet, because they don't do that, I have uh, other companies that we collaborate on either co-producing or sometimes renting production from one to another. And then Peter Boll, who is now a, a director up in Seattle, who um, I remember as a dancer, uh, I remember him as, at the school when I was dancing and, and in my classes when I was teaching at the school also. Uh, he called me one day and he said um, they had gotten permission to have Coppelia but re-costumed, reproduced in a, in a different way. And would I be interested in co-producing? I said, absolutely, uh, that, that would be very nice. So that's how that came about. Um, and for me, it, like I said earlier, it's, it was done for Patricia McBride and myself uh, and uh, Balanchine um, and Danilova, they collaborated on what they could remember from their youth in Russia, how the production had been. Um, and what they couldn't remember, Balanchine sort of filled in with his own choreography. But, um, Which couldn't be a bad thing. It's not a bad thing <laughs> at all. It, it's absolutely a charming ballet. It, it's more of a, a, a comic ballet. But um, it, it's a fantastic introduction uh, for young people, for children. Uh, not only is it very accessible, but beautiful costumes, wonderful music. And Balanchine incorporated 24 small little girls to be dancing in the production. Um, so um, it's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful uh, family uh, affair. Well, we'll be hearing a lot more about it in the next couple of months, so um, I think we should probably move on to talking more about um, this evening's production, which is the wonderful, wonderful Giselle. Um, I want to throw in a quote of Balanchine's. He said, as Giselle is ballet's greatest tragedy, Coppelia is ballet's greatest comedy, and we've got them both in one season. Um, you created our production of Giselle in 1999, I believe, 
and um, we've done it every couple of years, every two or three years since. How does it hold up? Why do we keep doing it? I think uh, Giselle uh, is sort of a timeless uh, ballet, and um, it, has, it deals with human emotions, uh, love and betrayal, and uh, it's something that I think people can identify with and, and, and see the human element in it. It is a very, very demanding role for the, for the female dancer, particularly, and it is something that I think is very, very, very important for the principal female dancer to uh, experience in her career. Uh, that is to say, I don't think every female dancer principal is, is right for it, but um, it is something that is truly uh, important for the company like ours to do on a very regular basis, just like uh, Swan Lake or... Romeo and Juliet or whatever. Um, so I try to mix those uh, in, in programs that I, I bring those kind of ballets and more neoclassic, more contemporary, uh, and mix it up. We have, I think I counted five principal couples. That's correct. Five. Dancing um, t nine or ten performances this season. Uh, ten performances. Ten performances, yes. which is really pretty amazing. Um, it's a wonderful statement about a company. I'm glad you said it because I think it is amazing mm -hmm. for company to put on five um, casts of, of, of lead, lead roles. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's, um, I can't think of, well, maybe one or two, two companies. They're both in Europe. Mm -hmm. They're major, huge mm -hmm. companies with over 250 dancers each. Mm. That maybe will do that, but um, there is a, an abundance of talent in this company, always has been, mm -hmm. and the depth in the ranks mm -hmm. is amazing. So I'm, I'm very, very proud of that, that um, we can do this. You mentioned it being an important role for a ballerina, mm -hmm. and one of this cast that we will see in the next couple of weeks is um, a debut in... Giselle, and that yes, would be Sarah. Yes, yes. That's right, Sarah Montana. So um, let me throw the same question that I did earlier at you, and that is, how do you know when one of your ballerinas is ready to take on such a substantial part? Uh, before I answer that, I should also mention that it is a demanding part also for the, for the male dancer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. It's not only partnering skill, but also uh, dancing skill. Um, how do I know? Uh, I think someone like Sarah has uh, a nat natural uh, um, dramatic ability to her dancing, um, acting uh, capabilities, which would serve very well in this kind of role. And um, I think at, at this stage in her life, with her um, very secure technique and also her maturity, <laughs> has all come in at, this, at the right time. So uh, I think this is the right time for her to, uh, to tackle this role. So her debut will be tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow afternoon, yes. So yeah. much to be anticipated. Yeah. Um, looking at the amazing roster of principal dancers, 
Um, I noticed that there are actually, um, if it's fair to let on, I mean, I think it's actually published information about who's going to be doing Swanilda in Capelia. And of the Swanildas, two of them are actually doing Giselle. And I think that's amazing that among your large group of female principals, you've got ballerinas who can do both parts. Um, can you just say a couple of words about what is going to be demanded of each part that makes that particular ballerina have such a breadth? Well, it tells me that, it, that it, there is an extraordinary talent in this company, <laughs> in some of the dancers, mm -hmm. or most of the dancers. And um, yes, I think it's, uh, it's uh, quite wonderful that at least two of them can tackle those two very, very different roles. Um, I think we will see how it, how it comes out, but I, I'm very, very uh, encouraged and, and, and optimistic that they would really take, do both, both roles very, very well. Uh, uh, they're very different. One is more lighthearted, comical, and um, Giselle is the opposite. They both have to be actresses, I guess. But yes, in such yes. different different yes. demands, yeah. um, anyone who's ever seen Capelia, um, depending on the production, of course, but it can veer into just slapstick, funny, funny comedy in the second act. Yes, That's uh, a I don't think I talent. would say Balanchines would go into ba to slapstick, but it's 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 a funny, it's a very humorous, funny, um, but that's just Balanchines' version. Mm -hmm. I think we've arrived at a time that maybe we could let the audience ask sure. some questions. For those of you who've come in late, we are in conversation here with um, San Francisco Ballet's artistic director and principal choreographer, Helgi Thomason. And um, now is your opportunity to find out one of those things that's burning question right there. The question is, who is teaching the role to Sarah, <clears throat> and how is, that, how, does, how is that handled in the company? Well, uh, that's a good question, because there are five of them. Um, I try to spend time with each of them as much as I can, um, but then I have very, very good people here um, assisting, and, like ballet masters, um, someone like Lola Diabala, who is also the head of the, our school, is a really a wonderful coach. Uh, I have two or three others that also can take rehearsals and, and help with that. Um, and being that it's sort of my vision of this uh, Giselle, uh, version of Giselle, I like to go in and make sure that it's done in the way that I would like it to be done because there's slight variances between one production or another. Not that maybe big in, in the sense of a story, but in the, the way you tell the story. And um, as in my, my particular case, I had the, a wonderful opportunity to dance four different versions of Giselle by very, very good people, uh, not only in ballet theater, at Paris Opera, Royal Danish Ballet, and, and one particular was Anton Dolan, who was... Uh, an English dancer and had a, it was a, 
generations before for me, but, but he had a, a great influence on me, the way he taught to me about the, 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 the ballet of Giselle, that he had known uh, a very famous Russian ballerina who was particularly known for her portrayal of Giselle. So he sort of passed that on to me, and, and I think that's the one that I have tried to be the closest to. But uh, like I said, we have good staff. We have, I can't be in all five studios at the same time, so I assign certain people to help. And then I will come in and, and, and look. And, and not during the stage rehearsals, of course, I, I sort of take charge of, of that. Right. Um, how, how close is this production to the original production? Um, in many ways, it's hard to say because they weren't filmed. Um, in most cases, uh, particularly, you know, my generation of dancing and before, things would just pass down from one dancer to another. That's how you learn the roles. And when you do that, there is no question about that something will come into the role that what may be particular suited that particular dancer. So there's a slight change here and there's a slight change there. But I think overall um, the story is is true to its origin. Uh, then you can say um, like the in the first act there tends to be usually called a peasant part of the well, I changed that. I used five dancers instead of the, the two. But then I also discovered that it was added at one point, the pas de deux. So it wasn't there originally. So I feel, well, if it wasn't there originally then, and I didn't know what it was, why can't I then just make it different and, 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 and do that? Um, I think so often in those story ballets, um, when they were done originally, there was so much what we call pantomime or mime that sometimes it was almost half the length of the productions. And I think in this day and age, uh, that's not what people really would like to see anymore. They, they would like to see more dancing. So I think there there's, have been changes like that. But uh, I think as long as you stay true to the story and, and tell it, the way, you know, with the passion that it, it, it requires. That's what I've tried to do. Yes? Yes, I am, and and if I'm astonished by seeing the different dancers who dance the the mad scene in Giselle uh, of how they portray it, and yes, they I laid down the groundwork basically, you know, with the music. You do this on that music, you do this on that music, and, and so on. But each dancer is slightly different, and and they have their own emotional. Uh, how to portray that. And 
so you will see a little bit of variances, but it's basically the same pattern they use. At a certain time, they have to be there, and at a certain time, they have to hit the sword. They have to pick up the sword and that, that music. Um, how they, they feel up to that point, or how they portray when she's remembering how he used to pick the flowers, he loves me, he loves me not. Each one has a slight different way of doing it. And um, yes, um, it can touch me very much how one is different from another. Oh, how do I choose the partners who goes with whom? Yes. <laughs> well, um, first of all, there is the height requirement. <laughs> you know, if, it, if it's a fairly tall female dancer, well, then so they need a, a taller male dancer. Um, and then there is uh, the chemistry. You know, how uh, not only visually, how do those two people look together? Uh, do they complement each other? Are they somebody who just, they don't go together, you know, so I have to think of that. Um, but that's, uh, that's basically it. Um, there's that compatibility as dancers, uh, and like I say, in many cases, the height requirement. We have time for one more. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, were you talking about this rehearsal this afternoon? Okay. Okay, the first question was, um, is there some um, protocol around when dancers will not dance a rehearsal full out? In other words, right. mark it, as we say. Yes. And then the second question is, who was the... Right, okay. okay. And who was that uh, young dancer in this afternoon's rehearsal? In, we are talking about this afternoon when we ran through the whole ballet. Um, one of the female dancers who dances Myrta, uh, which is a very taxing role, a lot of jumps, a lot of stamina. Um, it is very difficult to do that role twice in the, in the same day. So, uh, you know, it's, I said to her, you can mark what you want to do, maybe some of the big jumping, if there are certain things you want to try out now, it, it, you have the orchestra playing, do that. So it's my decision. Um, as for the, um, the two extra male dancers who came in, um, they were new at those roles, and this was the only orchestra rehearsal we had. So to give them the opportunity to, um, to try those variations with, with a conductor in the orchestra, I decided this, uh, this morning that uh, we would sort of stop after the first time, have the orchestra play it again, and, and give uh, another dancer the opportunity to do that. And his name is uh, Lonnie Weeks. Okay. So someone to watch. I'm sorry, we can't go on and on and on. Um, uh, we're about to hear the half-hour call from backstage. 
So I want to thank you, Helgi Thomason, company's artistic director, for being with us this evening, this opening night of the season. And thank you all. And just to remind you, go to sfballet.org, catch the information that's interesting there, and um, the podcasts of these of these interviews. Do enjoy this evening's performance and enjoy the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.